But I think you know what Isn't that, that the that, point of the spirit though. I I think that's a lot of us. Yeah. What if what that's if like, we're asked to go somewhere we don't want to go to say something we don't want to say? Mm-hmm. What if, what if he wants to change us and we don't want to be changed? Mm-hmm. The next week we're talking about, and this week for me, yeah. the wind. Spirit is like the wind. There's only like 789 references in scripture uh, alluding to that. So this is a big subject. Mm-hmm. But it may, basically the essence of power, right? Is it, um, and I really like Max Lucado's illustration on this one. And there's two ladies that um, one rode around the or sailed around the world. The other rode across the Atlantic Ocean. Both of those things are crazy. Uh, as far I don't as want to do either. No. Uh, the isolation and endurance required. But if I got to choose, I don't want to row all the way across. At least I want to ride. Because when you're rowing, when you stop rowing, you stop moving. When you're sailing, take a nap, and you could keep going. Why? Well, so he's, he's saying the wind. The wind is the power that multiplies the effort of the kingdom worker. You know, so... And it's realizing, too, like we as ministry leaders, as followers of Jesus, we don't create that wind. Right. We try to catch it. Try to catch the wind. And that's like uh, the it's different Rick, than, Rick it's Warren. It's different than breaking the wind. <laughs> Is that like breaking bad? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but I feel like there's going to be a breaking wind joke <laughs> this week. But... Rick Warren. Wasn't there a farting Rick pastor Warren's... thing back in the day? Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Rick Warren. Nobody no, it's, no, it's not us. Rick Warren. That's not what he's saying. No, no. He... <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, Rick's watching this. Yeah, know? right. Um, hey, shout out to Rick. Thanks for watching this. But he, he would always talk about you know, catching the wave. Catching the wave. Like, you don't produce the wave, you catch the wave. That's the better whole... You try to, yeah. Right. Mm. I have a rowing machine if you want to take a rowing machine this week to demonstrate that. That'd be awesome. I think everybody already gets the concept of rowing. <laughs> I think if you rowed row, row, for, row, you, you know, row. do the rowing machine the entire sermon. It'd be a short sermon. <laughs> 30 minutes in, Jeff's just pouring sweat. It'd be a great workout, though. Yeah. Right? Then they had to come here the next week to Eppingham and row for three services. Just napped all week long. <laughs> That'd be one way to keep our sermon short. Physical it's, it's a great illustration it. though, because I think we can see that. Yeah. Like, you want to do the work or you want to, do you want to let him move you? I told you when I read that book though, my first inclination is like, I want to be in control. So I want to row. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. I don't like where the wind might ca- take me or carry me. You know, the problem I've always had with the concept of sailing is I, I know technically now how you work. They tack. Yeah. Right? I'm always afraid I couldn't come back to where I started. Mm. So I don't want to get in. But I think, you know what? Isn't that, that the that, point of the spirit, though? I, I think that's a lot of us. Yeah. What if, what if a, we're asked to go somewhere we don't want to go, to say something we don't want to say? Mm-hmm. What, what if he wants to change us and we don't want to be changed? Mm-hmm. I'll row, row, row my boat. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Merely, merely, merely. Life is but a dream. It's a lot of work.
So that's the difference between religion and relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, you're going to let God lead you. That means a surrender, which is a hard thing for us. Good and that's stuff. why I think, you know, I've missed it in my life more than I've actually missed what I've just, I've missed that prompting more times than I've got it right. Hmm. You know, because I wanted to be in control ultimately. And but then you got even... married and that went out the window, huh? <laughs> we better wrap this up. We're getting really close to trouble here. So too, too many times we view it as religion, like what we talked about before. Um, and I'll use an example. We had a, we had a group of uh, folks meet in our home last night for a life group. And for how many? How many exact number? How many people were there? There's 26. That is insane. But that included all the kids. Families. Awesome time. You should come. Oh, I will. I heard what you guys are having for, for dinner, so I'll be there. Um, anyways, <laughs> for a lot of these people, this was the first time they've had any kind of a gathering, like a church gathering outside of the church building. Mm -hmm. And so, and culturally where, where they're coming from, like it was, it was a weird concept for them. And so for us to sit and explain, and we went through, um, Acts chapter two, the end of Acts chapter two there, when it gives us, for example, the church, but like, as we're talking through that, where now it's not just words. Cause I waited till the end after we've actually displayed all of these different aspects that Acts chapter two talks about, um, as far as dedicating time to the apostles teaching, to prayer, to the breaking of bread and, and fellowship. And, and it was the first time like this group I've met with multiple times in a building. Um, sometimes in this campus building in Effingham and other, other campuses, um, around the area, but like to watch that click with them. Cause then we also brought in the concept that cause for so long, like church happened for them in a location and then the concept that we are the church. And so you're not just taking that when we gather like on a Wednesday Bible study or a Sunday morning gathering, but like tomorrow, you know, where are you going to spend your time at school, at work, at a neighbor's house? And so that takes this whole concept of religion that we get stuck in, you know, where, where if it's just a religion, it's just something you're not living through to actually the spirit living in you. Mm -hmm. And now you are taking the church with you as you go, because we are the church. And that's mm -hmm. what excites me about this series. And how the beauty of the spirit, wherever you are, he is there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And when we grasp that, when I grasp that, cause it's the same way, like to know, like I am, I am the church and I'm taking the church with me no matter where I go. That'll change how you look at life. That'll change how you look at the people at the store, people at a restaurant, people at school, work, whatever, as you interact with them. I think that changed early for me. I went on a mission trip, um, lots of different life lessons whenever I was 16. We went to a place in San Francisco called the Tenderloin. And, uh, Sounds good. It's a, no, it's a rough very rough area of San Francisco and Ben was the guy's name that was leading our trip. I remember him talking about the fact that as believers, we have the spirit living in us and that the fight is not against flesh, flesh and blood. And as we walk through this neighborhood, there was spiritual mm -hmm. oppression. Like I've never experienced up until this point in my life. And it just became real for me in that. 
because there was a confidence and partly because I think Ben's, I don't even know the dude's last name, but he was just one of those guys I met for a week, never talked to him again ever since that. But he was very confident about who Jesus was. And I was confident about who Jesus was because of how confident he, he was. was yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the type of power that Jesus has is that we can go into dark places and not that it's safe necessarily, but we can enter in with confidence because of who Jesus is, that he is the one who breaks down strongholds. He is the one who, you know, takes care of these things and his spirit is living inside of me. That's crazy. It is. And at 16, it clicked for me of what that looked like. But it was going into a dark right. place to experience that. It was the first time I remember truly experiencing that. And in most cases, it takes getting out of your comfort zone. Not mm-hmm. necessarily culture, but comfort zone. Yep. For you to be aware of that. Yep. If not, we just go through life blinded because of what we're so used to. And we don't even recognize that the spirit is working right there in front of you every single day. Mm-hmm. Because if you, ultimately, if you're in control, you don't, you don't need someone to lead you. Right. And if you're comfortable, you don't need a comforter. Right. That's what the you spirit. already know everything. You don't need a teacher, right? You all these things you can look at that we're going to talk about this with the spirit. Mm-hmm. But this filled with ourselves, we don't need him. This we concept think. of him being with you everywhere you go, and in everything you do, radically changed how I lived when no one else was watching. Mm. Yep. Because. For me, it was like, no, there is someone watching. Like, he he's in me right now. And the things I say and the things I do in, in mm. secret, well, they're not really in secret. Yeah, it's not just someone. It's God. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To whom you're going to give an account, who, before whom you're going to stand in judgment. For me, that's when it clicked of like, wow, the way I live matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thoughts. Thanks for joining us on the Rethink podcast. See you next week.